needed. Last week we saw, reading John chapter 6, Jesus performed this great miracle of feeding over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And now uh, in John chapter 6 we read about what happened the next day. And Jesus uses that miracle, the miracle of feeding the, over the 5,000 people, um, to teach a spiritual truth here. And that happens all throughout the Gospel of John. And Jesus will perform a miracle, a sign, signifying who he is, to teach a deeper truth about him and his identity. And in this um, passage that we read from the Gospel of John, John 6, Jesus makes this astounding claim in verse 35. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus promises here something we all seek, and that is absolute satisfaction. Lasting, eternal satisfaction. And that's what Jesus claims, that he can give those who believe in him and come to him. And we see in our own life, and we hear from other people in their experience, that oftentimes they look for fulfillment in the things of this life, and they come up empty time and time again. I read about an interview that uh, Boris uh, Becker, remember Boris Becker, the great tennis player in the 80s? I admired him as a youth. I was trying to play tennis while he was ascending, and I admired his great tennis playing, and he had really good hair, too. But he said in one of his, uh, in his interview, he said, I won Wimbledon twice, which was the youngest player. He said, I was rich. I had all the material possessions I needed, but I had no inner peace. He said, it's the old song of the movie stars and the pop stars who commit suicide, who have everything, but they're just not happy. And then there's a quote from Sophia Loren, who in her day was the epitome you know, of beauty and glamour. And she is quoted as saying this, in my life there's an emptiness that's impossible to fulfill. And so what these quotes tell us from people who have everything the world says you need to have to be satisfied is that in the end it's empty if you're banking on temporary things. If you're centering your life on the temporary, on the finite, then you're not going to find that ultimate fulfillment. And so Jesus is telling the crowds here, this is what he's wanting to get across to the crowds, do not work for the food that perishes. Do not work for the food that perishes. Jesus says in verse 26, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Now, Jesus knows that the, the reason they're after him is not really to understand who he is. He's performed these great signs, and the signs, the miracles of Jesus point to the reality that he is the Son of God and the Messiah, the Redeemer of the world. But they're not there to understand more about him. They're there to get more from him. They're there for breakfast. What's on for breakfast is the question on their mind. They're more concerned about what Jesus can do for them than who he is have to be careful about that. And there's a strand of teaching in the church today that really promotes that if you come to Jesus, you will have 
health, wealth, and uh, prosperity, and your life will go smooth sailing from here on out. So come to him based on what he can do for you, based on the temporary blessings he can provide. And Jesus is warning them about that. You're not here to really understand who I am. You just are after the temporary blessings. But he says, I want you now to work for the food that doesn't perish. perish. Don't toil for temporary satisfaction. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus is teaching us to have an eternal perspective on life. To invest in eternal things. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, in, in Matthew 6, 19, he says this. This is a paraphrase from the message. Don't pour treasure down here where it gets eaten by moss or corroded by rust. Or worse, stolen by burglars. Instead, invest, stockpile your treasure in heaven. Where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. In Mark 8, 36, he says this. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but loses what? His soul. So Jesus, over and over again, reminds us, and we need to have this reminder, because we're tempted to pursue the food that perishes, to invest and to seek after eternal things. God is eternal. We are eternal. Our focus needs to be God and people. Now that doesn't mean, of course that doesn't mean that uh, we should stop trying to be successful in our career or that Christians should, all Christians should renounce money and give up their possessions or we should just drop out of culture and society altogether. No, God invites us to enjoy his creation and to use his gifts that he's given us for his glory. But he warns us again and again, don't take a created thing and turn it into an idol. Don't try to find infinite satisfaction in the finite. It's just not going to work. There's another quote that I came across this, this week, and it was from a trailer for a new movie that's coming out about uh, David Foster Wallace, who was a writer in the 90s. And he was kind of a spokesman for the, my generation, I think, Generation X. And, um, and he was very acclaimed. Uh, but he said this, and this is again from this uh, trailer for a movie about his life. He says, if there's a sadness for people under 45, it has something to do with achievement, pleasure, and entertainment. That's what makes our culture go around. Achievement, pleasure, entertainment. He said, the sadness is that there's a sort of emptiness that lies at the heart of it. And so over and over again, we hear this, we experience this. God has put a longing in our hearts for eternity. Something more. He wants us to use his created order for his glory, but not to worship it and not to make it an ultimate value. And so Jesus says, do not work for the food that perishes. Instead, he invites us to turn to him for ultimate satisfaction, for eternal satisfaction, for the living bread that he has on offer. Look at how he describes this, this bread, this food that he will give to those who come to him. In verse 27, he says it lasts forever. The satisfaction that Jesus provides endures. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. In verse 32, he describes it as true bread. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. I think he's trying to correct a theological error that had creeped up in Judaism at this time. I read some references to this that some Jews believe that they had elevated Moses to such a position that it was Moses who actually fed them the man from heaven. And he's saying,
okay, no, get it right. It was my father who fed you under the ministry of Moses from heaven. But he says, my father gives the true bread. So Jesus provides eternal bread, eternal satisfaction. True bread, if you're hungry for truth, he says, come to me and you'll know the truth. The truth about God. And then in verse 33, Jesus describes this bread as life-giving for all people who come to him, for the entire world, not just for the Jews, it's for the world. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. It is life-giving. This reminds me of a, of a story that happened about a year ago with little Lydia, our youngest one. She was two years old. And Josie um, had bought some really good bread from a, a bakery that we like, and, and they make the best French bread. You know, it's a perfect French bread, crispy on the outside, doughy and chewy on the middle. And then, and I'm making people hungry here. <laughs> and then Josie will take it and slice it, you know, down down the center and pour uh, butter into it and salt and bake it for a while. And uh, the kids absolutely ate it up for lunch, and Lydia never had anything like it, and she just went to town on these pieces of bread. Well, the next day she gets up for breakfast, and she said, I want some more bread. More butter bread, she said. More butter bread. And we said, it's, it's out. We don't have any more. And she fell on the floor in a heap of tears. And she cried out. She cried out, bread is my life. Bread is my life. Out of the mouth of babes. So that's a running joke in our family. Bread is my life. She's moved on to ice cream now. But Jesus takes this. What was really meant life to them, bread. They depended on it to live. And he says, I'm going to feed you, but not, not physically. I'm not talking about physical life. Joy life, that's the word he's using here. The life I have to give you is eternal life. And, and, and the reason why he can give it is because he is the life of God. He is one with the Father. He is connected to the eternal life of God. It is flowing through him. And so what he's teaching us is if you come to me, if you believe in me, and take me into your life and continue to take me into your life, you will find soul satisfaction. This is real soul food that will nourish you now and for all eternity. Have you found that to be true in your life, that Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, is soul satisfying? Now think about how he satisfies the soul. In him is love, perfect love, unconditional love, a love that's been demonstrated on the cross. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he gave his son as a sacrifice for us. In this, God has demonstrated his love that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. So we hunger for love, and it's there in perfection in Jesus Christ. We hunger for eternity, and Jesus offers life beyond the grave, and we'll get to that next week or the week after as we stay with John chapter 6, and this is part of what he's getting at here is, I will raise you up. Come to me, and you drink from me, and you, and you, and you take me into your life. I will raise you up on the last day. We hunger for eternal life, and the promise is there from Jesus. And it's a backed-up promise, backed up by his own victory over death. We, we enjoy a, a life of faith where we get to see answered prayer. We get to see 
miracles. We get to see lives transformed. We begin to take on a, a new vision, a new understanding of the world, a supernatural view of reality. It's very satisfying. We get to journey together, eating from the same loaf, taking from the same bread, and encouraging one another on this journey together. And so it is a satisfying life. And, and what we need to continually do is come back to Jesus and not be tempted by the junk food, by the junk food that the world has to offer. How do you get this bread? How do you continue to feast on this bread? It's very simple. Jesus says, verse 29, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. Believe. Trust in him, in the person of Jesus Christ. Why trust in the person of Jesus Christ? Because of the signs, because of the miracles. Our faith has a reason. Jesus performed things and, 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 and performed miracles in a way that's never been done before in human history. He lived a life of pure love and goodness. It's never been done before in human history. Of course, God raised him from the dead on the third day. He's unique. He stands apart. And he says, come to me. Believe in me. That's how we receive this bread. That's how we continue. We have to continue to believe in Jesus and continue to come to him. He says in verse 35, an open invitation he offers. I am the bread of life. Now, it's not just that I can show you how to get the bread of life, but I am the bread of life. Other religious teachers I will show you the path of truth. I will show you the way of God. If you do these techniques, you follow these laws, then you'll get to God. You'll find approval, you'll find bliss, whatever you're looking for. But Jesus didn't just say, I'm going to show you how to do it. He said, I am it. I, I have it and I am it. Take it from me. Cling to me. What about you in your life this morning? Are you hungry? Have you found that the world... God's given us many good gifts, but it doesn't ultimately satisfy the deep longings that we have in our heart. <clears throat> Jesus reminds us to come back to him. Anybody who's hungry, come to him and feed on him in prayer. Scripture at the table of the Lord. We'll be doing that together in just a minute. Come to him as a member of the body of Christ. Gather together. Worship together. Encourage one another. As we do that, we get a taste of the satisfaction that will be made complete when we see him face to face. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the living bread. We thank you that you remind us that the things of this life are not going to satisfy us ultimately. We're often tempted to go down that road and trick. But hear your words ring out to us through the centuries. If you're hungry, really hungry for life, for truth, for eternity, I have it. And we thank you, God, that you have shown that, proven that to be true in so many of our lives. Help us to keep coming and keep believing and keep trusting in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.